welcome to Blue Notes On Air. Join us as we chat with experts, analysts and commentators from the Asian region about business, culture and economics. The next 12 months is really going to be about proving whether or not those projects are really viable and can be commercialised and scaled from a customer proposition perspective, which I think is going to be really interesting. Today, three ANZ experts, Nigel Dobson, Mark Evans and Michael Lim, chat about trade, technology and the future of banking ahead of the 2018 Cybos conference in Sydney. We hope you enjoy the discussion. Cybos is one of the largest, if not the largest, banking and technology conference in the world uh, and typically attracts between five and 8,000 candidates um, and delegates depending on where it's situated in the world. Now, we're told that because it's in the south, the deep south in Australia this year, uh, that there'll be a, a lighter delegate list than in previous years where, for example, last year at Toronto, I think there was a peak of about 8,000 delegates. So what I'm told, it's between uh, six and 7,000 arriving in Sydney any time next week um, to participate in what is, as I say, the biggest uh, banking technology conference um, in the world. Now, this is uh, a SWIFT conference, so it t- typically deals with um, institutional banking, uh, transaction banking, uh, and has a heavy technology bias as well. Uh, increasingly, over the recent years, there's been a corporate stream introduced as well. Uh, and this year, for the first time, there's a fintech stream that's being um, announced, and uh, we'll see that in action on one of the floors in the ICC here in Sydney next week. Um, it's a really exciting conference, and I, I describe it as perhaps the most efficient speed dating um, known to man. Uh, by the end of your four or five days at Cybos, you're typically exhausted, but you've probably spoken to all of your clients, uh, some which you knew you had and others which you wished you had, um, and a bunch of technology companies who've got a range of interesting ideas for, for banks and um, potential partnerships as well. I think um, you've nailed it quite nicely there, Nigel. I think I'd just add one other thing in terms of how Cybos behaves it merge it moves with um, the economy and with emerging trends so you're right there's been a corporate stream added but following the global financial crisis there was a real uptick in terms of the recognition of the importance that trade plays and the role that banks play in supporting international trade so there was a trade and supply chain stream added then a year or so later, there was a you know, further recognition of the importance of uh, compliance and financial crime monitoring. So within uh, Cybos, there are streams that are specific uh, to the industry uh, and that are relevant to how we take the industry forward and the role that we play in, in uh, the economy. I think you know, the analogy of the speed dating is the perfect description of Cybos. I mean, I, I have about 35 meetings over four days next week and I expect the you know the real-time payments to be one of the key discussion points but also expect you know the digitization of trade to be a key discussion point at the conference as well last year it was was a key topic because I guess 2016 was the year of the proof of concept where you know every, every other day you'd you'd open the paper and see a an article of you know some bank somewhere doing a proof of concept. 2017 was the formation of multiple consortiums and uh, projects, and I, I guess you know what we started to see this year is some genuine delivery on those projects. So we're, you know we're seeing the 
the Monetary Authority of Singapore's national trade platform was announced recently and launched. Uh, you know, the Hong Kong Monetary Authority's distributed ledger open account project. Uh, you know, we'll expect to see some announcements on other consortiums at Cybos as well. So we're starting to see these proof of concepts and consortiums and collaborations now really starting to move through to genuine production and live pilots and transactions. So I expect that to be you know, quite a hot topic in a, in a lot of the meetings uh, next week. And you know, to, to Mark's point, you know, that digitization of trade is, is really you know, one, of the, one of the key elements that's gonna help facilitate you know, the, the, the growth of international trade long-term, you know, the management of financial crime and the identification of money laundering through the digitization of documents and the elimination of paper use in the industry. And there's, there's also a view that, um, you know, these uh, consortiums in industry collaborations are really gonna benefit the small to medium enterprise sector most because a lot of the, the large institutional corporate players in the market if you like, have the, have the resources and wherewithal to be able to invest in proprietary bilateral uh, trade platforms with their, their large bilateral buyers and suppliers where you've got you know, sort of the SME and MMEs that don't have the capability to do that. So hence, you know, we're seeing probably the best momentum to date in that space with regulator involvement in Singapore and Hong Kong and the discussion here in our home market starting to get some traction around how does Australia deal with those issues as well. And part of the benefit of um, getting together in a, in, a, um, in a forum like this is it's, there's the formal presentations, there's the formal meetings that we have, you know, bank to bank or bank to technology provider or vice versa. But there's the informal conversations we have where it's about market intelligence. And you know, a lot of the areas that I think people will be talking about, and it'll be interesting to, to get a sort of uh, gauge as to where people are thinking. Obviously, you know, reference to a trade war. You know, what, what impact is that going to have, not just on trade volumes, but foreign investment flows? Is it going to have anything? What is the difference between, you know, what is the impact of that on global banks versus US banks versus, you know, regional banks, for example. So working those sorts of issues through and just gauging that is, uh, is going to be interesting, I think. Yeah, I think I, I agree. I think Mike made a great point about the amount of industry collaboration that is happening now. This is probably at an historic high and certainly in my re reasonably long career in banking is that you're seeing new, new and emerging technologies driving greater collaboration, uh, particularly in cross-border scenarios like payments and trade and supply chain, um, and the additional um, impetus that the regulators are giving this in a very positive way, um, obviously with an eye to, to, to compliance and, and, and security, et cetera. But um, the HKMA, the MAS, the, the Federal Reserve, uh, whom I'm meeting myself um, on Monday morning, uh, EBA, and, and, very, and of course the RBA, all very interested in, in hearing how banks are collaborating to improve efficiency um, and form networks leveraging new technology. Um, I'm just reflecting on some notes. I, I wrote some notes um, for Shane um, in terms of his 
opening topic. So Shane Elliott um, has uh, secured the opening plenary, which we're very uh, uh, very pleased to, to have him, um, given he was uh, formerly a transaction banker. It's very relevant for him, and he's, he's got um, a lot of history in this area. Um, but just to name a few things that we, we thought would be important um, points for him to talk about during his opening. Um, not surprising, we've mentioned the real-time payments system here in Australia, but also the, the emergence of that globally across more than 40 countries across the, the world. Open banking, I mentioned also, but that's also associated with emerging technologies like open APIs that are increasingly driving um, better collaboration between banks and non-banks uh, and also forcing us banks to think very differently about their business models. So I think that was very um, also very interesting. Um, we talk about distributed ledger technology, again, which supports much of the work that uh, Mike and Mark have talked about in, in the trade space um, and increasingly in payments. Digital currencies are becoming more and more of an accepted topic, which if five years ago you'd uh, wanted to have a conversation about digital currency at, at Cybos, most people would have shut the door. Uh, but now versions of those that are emerging um, that are stable and potentially regulated more transparent those conversations are happening i think uh, that's important Nigel. Yeah. that convergence the the query a number of years ago was what what how sustainable is you know uh, a cryptocurrency mm. etc how do you control the risk and what will the regulators take a view on when it gets to a size that's large enough to be mm. significant and right. impactful on a, on a uh, on an economy and now we're starting to see that. We're starting to see, you know, regulators take a view. We're seeing maturity in the infrastructure around it. So, uh, you know, I think that's going to continue to evolve. It's inevitable. Yeah. Some components of it. Yeah. But at which speed, et cetera. So that, that will be fascinating. Yeah. yeah. And, and just on your point on collaboration, I mean, I think initially that collaboration was driven by a bit of a fear of missing out and yes. the formation mm. of all... All these consortiums around, you know, the globe, trying so that they didn't. Nobody wanted to be left out. Mm. But I think probably in the last 12 to 18 months, we've seen a lot more interaction between those consortiums yeah. as people start to talk to each other as they realise that if they want to get full value from the work that they're executing on, they mm. need the biggest possible network. Mm. So there's genuine collaboration now happening between those consortiums. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I recall back in 2015 when coming out of Cybos at that point, um, the R3 consortium was formed um, and a number of banks, and now over 100 banks have joined that consortium. We joined the Hyperledger Consortium, which was also uh, similar in makeup but had many more corporates and technology firms. Um, and today they... No one's really talking about, are you part of R3 or a Hyperledger? It's about what's the technology doing for me? Um, is it interoperable? Is it something that's scalable? Uh, and those are the more the more sensible, evolved questions that are being asked now. And, and I've seen R3 uh, coming to, to Cybos to um, launch and, and, and explain um, some of the, the work they're doing in the trade space, which mm. looks really interesting. Mm. Um, and a part of that's about evolving the technology. Part of it's about having really mature conversations about how you work together, mm. uh, which again, you know, Cybos is one of those conferences where those sorts of conversations can, had, can be had. Mm. I think the next 12 months beyond Cybos is going to be really interesting because it is going to be, as I said, you know, it was the POC, then it was the, the fear of missing out collaboration now it's actually a lot of those collaborations are moving through to commercialization. So really the next 12 months is really going to be about proving whether or not those projects are really viable and can be commercialized and scaled from a customer proposition perspective, which I think is going to be really interesting. 
and also as you know a lot of the um, the consortium start to get closer together and um, have more and more conversations around interoperability I think that you know digital or future digital network of trade is going to grow and it, I think it's going to be quite an exciting year around proving out a lot of these concepts that we've been talking about for the last few years yeah I'd, I'd agree with that I would add to it um, that I think it'll be a year, what's going to come out of uh, Cybos and into next year is going to be uh, how a lot of the machine learning and the use of uh, robotics into mm. the back office of banks and related industry service providers can actually withstand regulatory scrutiny in terms of ensuring that we've got the right levels of risk management before we move it to full scale. The global economy is going through an interesting patch at the moment with talk of trade wars, with you know various changing uh, parameters, with changes to the regulatory environment for a number of, particularly in a number of markets, not least of which is uh, Australia with the current Royal Commission underway. So we're expecting a changing landscape, not a landscape that says there's going to be significant growth on the on the revenue side but an expectation that banks will continue to increase their efficiency and that efficiency is coming through technology. But we've got to move technology again beyond the proof of concept mm. into sustainable, reliable and operationally um, uh, robust uh, use of technology to um, improve our efficiencies. So I think that's what I expect to hear a bit of um, in terms of just catching up within the industry over the next week, but going forward into next year, I think that will get continued focus. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, my observation is that, you know, meaningful global trends don't move quickly. Uh, and so you get a, a series of recurring trends going through subsequent cybosses. Um, and what I think we're, we're seeing in Sydney is, is a maturing of the conversation around things like open banking uh, and real-time payments. Um, and what we'll see emerge in, in the next 12 months will be that maturity of conversation that we described that we've seen in things around distributed ledger uh, in the last few years. But what that means for open banking is moving away from a, a regulatory frame, framing of it, which says, well, well, the government said I have to do this and I have to open up my data, to one which is saying, well, how do we leverage this to make it a better experience for our customers, certainly, but also a meaningful business model for the bank to pursue. Uh, and this is where I think banks often find their 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 north star um, to a to a degree. Conversations at Cybos can give you that sense of direction, can give you a sense of what what is everyone else thinking, uh, and sometimes d deliberately or even accidentally, consensus can evolve and emerge from a conference like this, where people get a real sense of guidance from what's happening in the global market and what trends are impacting them. Blue Notes on Air was produced by the Blue Notes editorial team with music by Kevin McLeod.